Hi, and welcome to Build 'em Up, where we hear from great people building the health and well-being of rural communities right around Australia. This Build 'em Up podcast is proudly supported by NBN. I'm Claire from the National Rural Health Alliance, together with Gabrielle, our CEO and passionate rural health advocate. Thanks, Claire. And for episode three, we are delighted to be discussing digital innovation and how technology is helping rural practices thrive. Dr. Melanie Johnson and her team are women's health specialists at Mount Barker in South Australia. They have a women-centred multidisciplinary practice and provide expert, compassionate care for women, everything from gynaecology and obstetrics to menopause and mental health. Mel's team are game changers, having recently won an Innovate with NBN grant to purchase some really specialised equipment. Hi, Mel, and welcome to Build 'em Up. Thanks for having me on. Mel, you've got an expanding medical practice in the Adelaide Hills. Tell us about your medical practice and what are the hallmarks of success? So our practice is, as you've mentioned, a women's health specialist practice. Both myself and my partner, Dr. Heather Waterfall, are specialist obstetricians and gynaecologists who work in Mount Barker predominantly. Mount Barker's in the beautiful Adelaide Hills and we set up our practice at the beginning of last year, just as the pandemic hit, a great time to start a practice, as you can mm-hmm. imagine. Um, and so we've built up a really busy, thriving practice that's serving the needs of both our local community and also um, people travel some kind of four or 500 kilometres sometimes to access care with us. Um, so uh the hallmarks of success so far have been recognising the need in the community and trying to address it as best we can and things have just taken off from there. So tell us about the outreach that you do as well. So we uh, both uh, do outreach to some very remote communities, including Kangaroo Island. We visit Murray Bridge on occasions and previously prior to COVID have also been up through the APY lands um, on a fairly regular basis, providing care to very remote Aboriginal communities. And what sort of stories have you got from from that work that you do? Well, everyone always says to me when I uh, fly over to Kangaroo Island, am I worried about the little plane that takes me over there? But uh, I always (laughs) say to them, it's nothing like the plane that takes you out into the APY lands with a little four-seater and a single pilot that you get weighed on the way in and and, uh, (laughs) on the way out. Never, never a fun experience. What's three uh, kilos between friends? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. That's right. Apparently a lot. (laughs) Um, But no, uh, it's it's a beautiful lands um, in the APY lands, just absolutely stunning um, geography up there but the women just so so grateful to have local care Um, we kind of provide a little incentive when we go up there and some kind of care packs and new knickers and things like that Um, uh, we identified that need um, on the first visit that we go up so we started packing kind of little um, care packs for patients and we kind of got inundated after that um, with patients who may or may not have necessarily needed to see us but were very keen to come and say hi so yeah um, yeah just beautiful communities so when you do that outreach um, do you sort of 
are you there sort of supporting the GPs that might be actually delivering the baby or the midwives or how does that work? So most of the outreach work we do is um, gynaecology in nature. So um, uh, women who have, say, an abnormal pap smear, um, if they live, say, in the AP Islands or Kangaroo Islands, there's no specialist who can perform the next steps. Um, and so what we go, we take our equipment out with us and, and provide those next steps and treatment. So we operate at Kingscote Hospital um, on Kangaroo Island. Anyone who needs surgery um, in the AP Islands comes out and goes to Alice Springs. But, um, but we can kind of decrease the number of trips that people need to take uh, as you can imagine on Kangaroo Island, it's a kind of all-day mission to get off the island and it's an eight-hour bus ride out of the APY lands to Alice Springs. So um, it's uh, there's a huge kind of failure to attend rate. Just It's really difficult for women to get in for specialist care. So we try and just decrease the, those barriers to accessing us. Um, so there are local GPs doing women's health and um, if they need our support, they will refer patients and we can see them when we, we go out. So just going back to the hallmarks of success, do you think some of these little extra things that you do, like your little gift pack type things, is that part of the story, do you think? Yeah, I think that helps on outreach. It's always hard because um, when we're local, um, uh, we're, we're both Heather and I uh, work locally and we live locally, so we feel like a real part of this community in, in the Adelaide Hills. Um, and so that makes it really easy to build rapport with our um, patients. But when you go on outreach, you don't necessarily have those long-standing relationships with people. So we might only be out on Kangaroo Island once a month um, into the AP Islands when we were going maybe once every three months. Uh, and so it is harder to build that rapport up. So any kind of little tips and things like that can always help. Um, it hasn't been a problem. We've really been inundated with patients um, that need our care. So um, I think people are happy to come and see us. Lovely. And so now that you've received this Innovate with NBN grant, so what's that about and how do you see that changing your world? So we identified a real lack of specialist women's ultrasound in Mount Barker and the Adelaide Hills. So we applied for a grant to help purchase a, an ultrasound machine that would be able to access the NBN um, network and stream those really um, high quality images to specialist uh, radiologists and um, maternal fetal medicine specialists in Adelaide or wherever really um, to, to decrease the number of trips that our um, obstetric patients or so our pregnant women need to take um, to access specialist ultrasound. So um, we were lucky enough to win that grant and we have purchased the um, ultrasound machine, uh, which um, now the, the next step is to bring that service to the community. So the next step is trying to find a, a women's health sonographer who can do some outreach to us. So kind of in a similar way as we go out to for, you know rural communities, we need um, some specialist services to come out. So it's easier to get a sonographer than a, um, than a specialist doctor sometimes to, mm. to, to come out. So um, it really is kind of decreasing the barriers for those women to access care. As I said, we get women 
women from all over rural South Australia, from say Panola, you know, Mount Gambier, that kind of way, Pinaroo. Um, and so they come through to us and it's just that extra step to have another hour into Adelaide city. So if we can kind of decrease that travel um, and uh, inconvenience for them, we'll hopefully improve mm. the outcomes for them and their babies in the longer term. So how many kilometres are we talking about? If you look at your whole sort of sphere of work and, and reach, how, how big is it? Um, oh, so we've got patients coming, you know, from, you know, a thousand kilometres away. I mean, Kangaroo Island, even though it's kilometres, um, not not uh, that far away, but it's an island off the mainland. So it's just, you know, quite tricky to get in. That's why we usually fly. So, um, yeah, so we've got, and I think women from the country kind of prefer to come to see us as a semi um you know regional area rather than go all the way into a city you know there's the parking the traffic all of that stuff that um you know country people aren't necessarily uh, that keen on and so I think we um, offer a really good service to decrease that for women we often talk about um, having equitable health services in rural Australia and that's really the goal of the work that the Alliance does and uh, I think every health practitioner who works in rural Australia is um, is trying to achieve that. Yep. Um, do you think this this particular technology and, and similar digital solutions and innovations will help you to, as you say, reduce those barriers and, and get rid of that tyranny of distance? Yeah, I think that the women that we um, that come to our practice get kind of the same or better care than they would elsewhere. So because we're centralising services for women, so we've got a practice that now has not only kind of the same technology that you would have in a, in a city, uh, we've got, you know, additional, um, you know, we can really centralise that care. You know, we've got uh, perinatal psychologists, physiotherapists, medical hypnotherapists, um, all sorts of visiting specialists who use our practice and all of our women can access that. So, you know, um, I think we should be striving not just to meet the benchmarks set in metropolitan areas. We should be trying to exceed those because we know that there are other factors that will mean that our women are already disadvantaged from a health point of view. And so we're aiming for equity and, and equality, not, you know, and that means we need to strive a bit higher. So tell me, when you're talking about your multidisciplinary team and they mm. mostly visit, are they coming up from Adelaide or are you um, sourcing them we, elsewhere? We just try and uh, we have found that if you try and get the local people involved, um, then they will stick around. Uh, and so a lot of our um, visiting specialists are actually local people. Uh, so we're pretty lucky um, here. So our psychologist is local um, all of our full-time physiotherapists that are all local. So I think just accessing those, giving them a space to work and, uh, you know, and, and that's the biggest thing. Previously, these people haven't necessarily had a, a centralised holistic space to work and we've provided that for them by, we not only set up a practice, we've built a practice from scratch in um, including new rooms. So, um, and then again, providing the technology that they would have access to if they went to the city from mm. a provider standpoint so that mm. they don't feel like they um, have less, they've got less facilities or they're providing lesser care to the, the women that they see at our practice. Uh, and that's been the biggest thing. So, and yeah, really building up a team um, and, 
you know, giving them the best kind of facilities and, and technology to provide the care for the patients. That's That's been the biggest thing. And they really want to stick around. That's the kind of the tyranny of rural health, as you know, is trying to keep people, um, it's retention as, as much as anything. So recruitment's one thing, but then you've got to keep people on board. And, and that's what we're aiming to do. So would you say that you are satisfied with the quality of um, rural health in Australia these days? Um, in my experience, it's been uh, really rewarding. And, um, of course, we can always do better and there's always things that can be improved. But I feel that the women who we're serving have access to, you know, great care um, in, and, you know, despite their uh, geographical remoteness. Um, and, you know, you know, of course, there's always room for improvement. But, uh, you know, I feel that, uh, you know, it's been a, a really fulfilling and rewarding experience building up a practice in a regional setting, mainly because people are very grateful for your care. Mm. So how much would you say you're relying on technology to make sure your practice is really excellent or... Is it about your workforce or a combination of both of those? I think it's both, obviously. Um, you can't have uh, great technology if you don't have patient, if you don't have people using it that kind of have patients at the centre of their practice. So um, it's been about recruiting experts and, and not just um, experts in the regional area, but, you know, world you know experts to provide care and and then giving them access to as much of the technology as they need um, and and nowadays you can't set up a medical practice without using technology so and because we've been setting it up from scratch um, from a physical point of view we've been able to put in really really fast um, you know NBN and we've been able to put in a lot of the other um, we use a few other technology things like video colposcopes which we can stream uh, pictures of people's cervixes where if we need to we can use them for teaching purposes if we have medical students so all of that tech whilst it costs a lot of money it does make your job easier and the care for the patients higher quality so mm. um, and I think now you know having set up in the middle of a pandemic the fact that we are utilizing telehealth and video um, health for to access our women who live that you know a bit further away they don't need to come and see us absolutely every time so that's been extraordinarily helpful yeah and do you have any examples of where sort of the, the human workforce innovation um, has shined through as well, probably, you know, especially through COVID? Yeah, so um, I think the the biggest thing has been, the biggest surprising thing for us, because of course, you know, telehealth wasn't really in our specialty, obstetrics and gynaecology hasn't really been a huge component of our workforce. I think more so in um, mental health spheres, you know, telehealth was much more of an accepted um, uh, practice, particularly going out to regional and rural areas. And I think that's what surprised us most of all, and how I think our team has really shined. So, you know, the ability of our midwives to do a lot of their um, initial screening of patients via telehealth or and, and you know, women coming three or four hundred kilometres for their initial appointment, the ability of our midwives and the rest of our team to coordinate the care from from that point of view. I think it really has been a 
a game changer. So, and then it means after the baby's born, we can keep in contact with patients who who might be struggling from a mental health point of view they go out to kind of you know remote properties with no visiting midwifery support and we can really keep in contact with them so I've been extraordinarily impressed with how um, our allied health team has really um, risen to that occasion so and as psychologists they use it you know they've been using it for a long time but I'm, I'm hoping that you know that will continue well after COVID finishes. So is most of that happening via video conference as, as opposed to phone calls? Or yeah, a bit, of both? Bit, bit of both, bit of both, yeah, yeah. Mm. So Mel, give us your best positive baby story from your care <laughs> and the services that you provide. Um, oh, gosh, <laughs> so many. Uh, well, what can I, what can I say? Um, I suppose a positive baby story for me most recently and is mainly just keeping a mum and baby together. So um, we deliver babies um, ourselves, but also we provide backup to the regional, um, the, the GPs that provide services here at Mount Barker. Um, and so we often get involved when things aren't going perfectly. And um, so we often come in to at, at the end of it. Um, and so this particular story, I didn't deliver the baby, babies beautiful, born, and mum has a significant complication afterwards. Now, that mum had travelled about 500 kilometres to birth at Mount Barker um, and then had a complication that meant that she might need be, needed to be transferred out of the hospital, but um, I was able to do about a four-hour operation um, to keep her locally, and it also meant that she could stay with her baby because there were no neonatal beds in Adelaide at that point in time, so mum and baby may need to be separated. So, um, yeah, that's always a bonus, I think. Um, as we When it goes perfectly, everything's great, but it's about managing the complications and keeping mum and baby together. That's what that's one most memorable one recently. Mm-hmm. And what about outreach? Outreach babies, how does that work? So, well, they usually, um, so outreach in the APY lands, all of the women come off the lands to deliver in Alice Springs. So we don't provide obstetric care above and beyond antenatal visits out there. Um, the Kangaroo Island population are mainly delivered by the GPs. So we don't do a lot of outreach obstetrics apart from, um, you know, some of the high-risk consults occasionally and, and we t- always take our ultrasound wherever we go. So mm. we're often uh, asked to do a few quick scans wherever we happen to be. But, um, yeah, outreach babies are, I think, getting less common as uh, the centralisation of kind mm. of um, deliveries occurs. Mm. And I'm just a bit curious about how you actually got to where you are today. So what was your pathway? Um, so I'm from the country. I grew up in three different states, but all regional and rural areas. Most recently, um, Toowoomba in rural Queensland. So that's where I did my university at uh, Brisbane UQ. And then uh, part of that is a year regionally and rurally. So I spent a year in Toowoomba doing some medical school there. I think I'm probably the target audience uh, for all of those incentives that people give and uh, probably proof that it does work in the end because then I did end up working regionally in the long term. And then my husband's a winemaker, so not much wine in uh, Queensland. (laughs) So we ended up in Adelaide, in Adelaide Hills. Uh, and yeah, I did most of my training in um, in Adelaide, uh, 
with some rotations out to Gawler, which is in the Barossa. Um, and then I got approached to do some of the outreach um, in the Northern Territory and took that on when I was still in training. And that's kind of continued. And then just became really passionate about helping the local community and the local women. So um, when you live live and work in a community I think you really do become quite a big part of it so that's mm. kind of where I ended up um, and and uh, it fortuitously or one of the obstetricians who used to live who used to work and live here for decades and decades was retiring um, and so we kind of took over from him um, as he finished up so and uh, yeah a lot of women are staying more locally now to deliver than they ever have so rather than traveling down to the city I think women are choosing to have their care and deliver locally here. Because you've actually just raised one of the things that often comes up about rural practice is that you know what do the partners of the the health professionals do and so We'll have to head them towards um, finding yeah. a winemaker. Yeah, that's something. right, exactly. Well, he wasn't a winemaker when I married him, but he mm-hmm. uh, he chose, thankfully, a career that did lend itself to being in the region. So, mm. yeah. Excellent. And what's the most um, rewarding thing for you, do you believe, working in the country? Well, I think the most rewarding thing about this specialty in general, and most people, if you ask an obstetrician or a gynaecologist what the most rewarding thing is, you do get to care for women really from when they are, you know, teenagers um, or preteens all the way through menopause. And I think that's just heightened by the fact that you live and work in the local community. So it's that I haven't got there yet, but I'm sure it'll be that generational, you know, caring for mothers and grandmothers and then caring for their children and grandchildren. So, um, and yeah, that that's kind of exceptionally rewarding, getting to know families on that level. Fantastic. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Mel. Melanie, it's um, been a pleasure speaking to you um, from Mount Barker in South Australia and hearing your wonderful upbeat story about um, helping mums and bubs um, around, around your country. Thank you. Think it's time to come together and be the spark. Let's be the spark and build them up. From the ground up, don't lose heart and don't lose touch. Build them up to stay in the fight. Gotta keep the hope in the country alive. And thanks for your support in talking up rural health across Australia. And our thanks to NBN, who are lifting digital connectivity and capability across rural, regional and remote communities. If you like hearing upbeat, community-driven health stories, get your monthly Build Em Up podcast by heading to ruralhealth.org.au forward slash build em up. Along the lines of the cracks on a face, still the magpie sings.